Hi everyone, happy Wicked Wednesday and welcome to Shivers Haunted. I am Gina Grossbauer, your curator for all things spooky. In honor of Father's Day this past weekend, today's topic will focus on family horror and horror movies that are accepted and shown, sometimes even by accident, to families and children of all ages. This topic today does not account for adults who show their five-year-olds the original Halloween movie or Saw or anything like that, but rather focuses on the G and PG rated films that have underlying horror elements. Thinking about movies you'd show your young children or siblings, the typical first thought would be a Nickelodeon film or a Disney film. But what if I told you that you may be showing them these films with themes that are the same as horror movies? Not only did Tim Burton himself previously work for Disney, but Disney now owns films like The Nightmare Before Christmas, Hocus Pocus, Frankenweenie, Halloween Town, and one of my personal scariest movies of all time, Don't Look Under the Bed. Family horror movies are gateway horror movies, giving children a taste of what it's like to be scared while mixing in fun and comedy. From a young age, children are told fantastical stories and fairy tales, with parents not even knowing that the vast majority were written with ties to death, plague, murder, and other horrific true events. Aside from just children horror movies, horror movies in general can be seen as adult fairy tales that help adults cope with the fear of death. Beetlejuice, Ghostbusters, Nightmare Before Christmas, Gremlins, their points are not to scare, but each film has elements of horror and fantasy that are mixed in a tasteful enough way that make children memorialize them and want more, and also enable them to begin to deal with the inevitable event of death and having their parents die as well. Pushing this even further, there are a select few films that help transition childhood horror watchers into teen horror watchers, such as Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, which is a level two above family horror, making it perfect for an actual teen entering into the horror world and fandom. For me personally, watching movies like Scooby-Doo and Monster House as a kid, I loved their ability to remain rooted in reality while also being able to accept the idea that things like ghosts and goblins are real and can actually hurt you. This idea that there are things that are unexplainable even to adults always helped me feel like I could be a mature child without having to live life in the clouds and be surrounded by nothing but ignorance and imagination. I was a little bit of a cynical child. Reading books like Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark in middle school certainly transitioned me from the innocent side to a more blatant, conversive side talking about death. And getting into my teens and 20s, I was able to distinguish fiction from truth and experience stories in a more wholesome way than if I was just thrown into the fire as an adult seeing something like Insidious without any preparation beforehand. It's like eating a Carolina Reaper pepper without even trying Sriracha first. So to get started into things, let's talk about the infamous Goosebumps series. If you're not familiar, Goosebumps is now an iconic brand that started out as a book series in the early 1990s. Written and created by R.L. Stein, this book series eventually went on to become a TV series and now has two major motion pictures under its name. Spirit Halloween has a few horror, horror Halloween costumes with the Goosebumps brand, and we have seen over the years that it has become a true household name. Some schools, even my own of Pittston area, used to read these stories to us in library class as a part of the curriculum. As children, though, these books can be terrifying, with one specifically staining my mind, The Night of the Living Dummy. The title alone is a spinoff of The Night of the Living Dead, which is one of the very first zombie movies ever created. And this book in particular features themes of possession, manipulation, and of course, 
reanimation through puppeteering of a ventriloquist doll, Slappy. Slappy has become an icon for the brand and is labeled as a top favorite villain character for children. He's funny, sarcastic, engaged, but to adults, he is our typical visualization of a horror movie killer like Chucky. These simple fantastical themes can be used to increase children's imaginations. However, the true horror themes that are both blatant and underlying are what create a horror fan from childhood. To get back to the film, Don't Look Under the Bed, it is so successful in scaring not only children, but also adults, because it dives in head first to the fear of things going bump in the night. And if you're a parent, dives into the real fears of forcing your kids to grow up too soon, of having sick children, and of what it may, and of what may happen if you leave your kids home alone. The morals and lessons shown throughout the movie mimic the lessons given in Peter Pan. It's important to stay young and imaginative forever. There are multiple adult themes throughout the movie that are blamed for ruining children's lives, such as viewing a situation through the lens of logic rather than creativity and wonder, taking away a key piece of what makes childhood so great. The main character's younger brother battles with leukemia, making the family very serious and forcing the children to grow up sooner than typical, while also putting a spotlight on the fear of disease. All of the siblings' names in the stories are that of famous scientists. Our main character is Francis Bacon. Her brother's first name is Albert, and he'll name Einstein, and her youngest brother's name is Darwin, all adding to the adult logic seen throughout the film. To give additional context to the storyline of this movie, the town at large is being plagued with a ton of over-the-top pranks, which are being blamed on Francis, but are ultimately the result of a boogeyman. The boogeyman that is terrorizing the town is Francis's old imaginary friend. The result of a teen losing belief in their imaginary friend results in it becoming a transformation into a boogeyman. This is a visual representation of karma and follows the same folklore suit of Santa versus Krampus and who will get the children when the children don't believe and don't behave. As a fun fact, the actual look of the boogeyman in this movie is mimicked from the look of the werewolf transformation in the film An American Werewolf in London. Diving in even further, the boogeyman in this film depicts an incredibly outdated old movie trope called the magical Negro. In old, older 1990s and earlier films, a black character would be created to solely provide supernatural or in-person help to a white protagonist. This is something that was created in films, particularly in children's films, to help children understand the concept of slavery in a totally and completely ignorant way. Disney includes the magical Negro trope more often than not in their original films, but even still in present day in films including Soul. Soul offers a world where the magical Negro disguises themselves as the main character, gets a life lesson of their own, has the audience develop empathy for them, then returns triumphantly to the trope by sacrificing their life for the sake of a white character. Topping it off with this movie in particular, we receive a moment of white saverism where the magical Negro is given their life back by the white character. Key and Peele even did a magical Negro sketch to emphasize this trope and call out movies that provide this in their own parody and comedic way. The acknowledgement that these tropes and themes are important in film studies and film viewing should be there, but also should be acknowledged as all worthy moments where we see them playing out in so-called children's movies. It's important to teach children the realities of the world without giving them an inherited bias through viewership and manipulation. 
and even subliminal messaging. Continuing on the Disney train, all of the original princess movies created by Disney were adaptations of the Brothers Grimm stories. The Grimm brothers were two brothers in Germany in the 17th century who wrote children and adult fables that taught lessons with very grim, pun intended, consequences. For example, The Little Mermaid had a relatively similar plot to how it played out with Disney. However, in order to gain land legs instead of a mermaid tail, Ariel was forced to cut her own tongue out of her mouth so she would never speak again. And because she had never walked before, the sensation of walking on shore was described as nothing other than excruciating pain. Not only is this a poor start for our girl Ariel, once on shore, she was taken in as a slave to the pirates and the sailors and developed Stockholm syndrome for the handsome prince that we see in the movie as the man who saves her. This is not some love-struck romance about a man and a mermaid, but rather a kidnapping story, exploring the very real lessons of being careful what you wish for and for being grateful for what you have, while also being skeptical of these so-called saviors. If you thought that story was messed up, have you ever sat down and analyzed some nursery rhymes? If so, you would have seen the really messed up lyrics that they do have. Let's start with Ring Around the Rosie. Ring around the rosy, pocket full of posies, ashes, ashes, we all fall down. This nursery rhyme in particular sounds like a fun, simple song, but in reality is rooted in deadly history, created to make children more comfortable with dealing with the reality of death, specifically arising from the Great Plague, a deadly plague that affected London in the year 1665. Posies are flowers that were given to corpses to disguise the smell of rotting bodies. Ashes, ashes alludes to the multitude of cremated bodies that during that time that they did to potentially stop the spread of plague. And we all fall down certainly speaks for itself. Another nursery rhyme worth mentioning is Rockabye Baby. Rockabye Baby on the treetop. When the wind blows, the cradle will rock. When the bow breaks, the cradle will fall and down will come baby, cradle, and all. This is a very straightforward rhyme, talking about a baby dying by falling out of a tree, but we hear mothers singing it to their newborns on a regular basis. This rhyme was created during the glorious revolution of 1688 in Britain, with reference to their new heir to the throne, born to King James II of England, and actually expresses the hope that the infant would die so that the reign of King James II could be overthrown. To wrap things up, let's talk about the most blatant children's fable known to all of us, Hansel, Hansel and Gretel. Hansel and Gretel go for a nice stroll through the forest and find an old witch's house. The witch offers them comfort inside and ends up kidnapping them and baking them in her oven so that she can feed. There are so many different themes that we can dissect throughout the story alone, even diving into the idea that witches stay young forever by eating children and drinking their blood. But the main focus for now is that here is yet another story related to the fear of being kidnapped. As children, most of us are told not to talk to strangers. We don't know why other than the fact that we don't know these people, but as adults, that causes us to have an overwhelming distrust for people. What are they capable of? We don't know now, and we didn't back then. All we could do is trust our parents and hope that they had our best interests at heart. But all of that being said, these family films and stories with horror themes traditionally boil down to a few facts. Don't grow up, don't lose your imagination, and don't get kidnapped. We're able to process all of those fears and emotions from a children's point of view and parental point of view through a safe environment of watching and reading from the comfort of our homes. 
reality is here and needs to be dealt with. So let's face it together. As always, thanks for listening. Be sure to dust off that VCR and check out some of the horror movies you secretly watched as a kid to see how you enjoy them today. Please like and share and leave your comments and have a great Wicked Wednesday.